radioactive. Oh, man. You know, I didn't know if we were going to do a pod this week because, you know, it could have been one of those, like, I'm so depressed I don't want to do a pod. It could have been a sad pod. But you know what, boys? When the Dallas Cowboys are on, they're fucking on. When four is on, it's hard to beat four. You know what I'm saying? This is Andy Catelli. Benjamin Walker. Zachary Love. Love. This is Boys Will Be Boys coming to you with our first only I think this is only our second ever uh postseason victory podcast in the history of the podcast and the five years we've been doing this, six years we've been doing this. Uh, but we come to you on the Wednesday after the Dallas Cowboys put a shellacking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We go to their crib. It's a home or it's a road playoff game. Cowboys hadn't won in 30 years. We're wearing the cursed navy blue uniforms. We're playing Tom Brady, seven and zero lifetime against the Cowboys. It all seemed like it was just building up to yet another one and done. And yet, one man said nay. And that man was Dak Prescott. He only turned in maybe one of, if not the greatest playoff performances in the history of the sport. I dare say. This is going to be a fun pod. We're going to, this is going to be a long one. I apologize in, in advance to all of our, our listeners and thank you because I'm sure we'll be excitedly talking over each other, cutting each other off. Zach already says we already cut him off, but we'll do that even even more this pod, I'm, I'm sure. We'll be bouncing, of course, all over the Bucks game, where our head was at, where our heart was at. Of course, we'll talk about Niners and that will be another long discussion. Of course, we'll allow ourselves to dream of a Super Bowl. That'll be a discussion. So we'll be everywhere. Um, I would put in Andy's little monologue there to begin. Uh, the only difference, he said, one man did not allow that to happen. I think about like twenty-eight men. Yeah, that's fair. We everyone showed up, ball. which is unusual. Well, Normally, the almost team is like one side of the ball. One, yes, everyone. okay, yeah. <laughs> of the starters, uh, you know, there's fifty-two men on a football team. Fifty-one of them really did their <laughs> job on on Sunday night. Uh, we'll get into that as well. But uh, yeah, this was a 31-14 game. That's almost like doesn't do justice. This game was at 1.24 really to nothing. Um, which you're like, oh, that's a weird score. What's the deal with how can you get to 24 to nothing? It's like three touchdowns and a field goal. No, it would be four touchdowns with four missed extra points, which was the story of Brett Maher. Um, five with four miss extra points. We we might have we might have watched this man like mentally break right in front of us. Uh, he missed an extra point last week and our only with our only touchdown against Washington, and then seemingly from the jump, like the first one didn't look that bad. It looked like he was just off, and then everyone after that just seemed to look worse and worse. They got to like full duck mode by number four. Dude, the bar was like cheering when he would go up. Everyone was yelling "Go for two every time we scored a touchdown. Means that everyone turned they into kept a the suicide cam of showing you on the sidelines and everyone booed. <laughs> oh, no, it was bad. Every time Dallas was driving, they would just zoom in on Maher standing. It was rough, it. dude. I felt really bad. Well, and then like the point where they get down to like the like two or three yards. They get it was the fourth down play where Dak went for it. They sent Maher out. No, it was the field goal where we went for it and it CD the, scored it the, touchdown. It was the dagger. It was the dagger. They 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 sent Maher out there and then McCarthy <laughs> changed his mind and pulled him back onto the sidelines. At too, that man. point, you're yeah, agreed, but also just like poor Maher. That's got to just feel fucking horrible, dude. Like I, I I he does have my sympathy. Like obviously, I don't I don't trust the guy. It sucks, blah, blah, blah. But like for, on a totally human personal level, that has got to be one of the worst experiences of your life to just like the whole team is clicking and you're the one 
because he's the whole story now. Like, that sucks. Yeah, especially for over betters because this game. Yeah, went he under. cost him the over. Yep. Yeah. There's. No, uh, I will say at least he didn't seven cost him touchdowns the game. scored in this game, and the over under was forty five, and it went under. <laughs> forty five. It, it is good that it didn't cost them the game. Like it didn't end up impacting that much because the Cowboys got up by so many that like this was not going to come down to a field goal or anything tweeting, like that. What, so what did that have count? But just been the go ahead, Zach. Brady script. Where oh, yes, like ass, oh, yeah. wins just because the kicker on the other team, who's had a phenomenal season, all of a sudden has Brady the worst kicking game in the NFL history. Yeah, that's like one of the squares on the very corner of the Brady bingo card that somehow hasn't been marked yet. The like, Rams, like the Rams, did this last year to uh, Brady. I'm not sure if you guys really remember that playoff game, but literally the Rams went up kind of the same way we did, like 24 to zero. And they fumbled on four consecutive drives. That only, God, like, not dude. even interceptions. Like, four fumbles is so fluky. All recovered by Tampa. That is that is Brady shit, man. And they wound it up is. tying it. And then somehow the, the, the magic ran out and Cooper Cup. And dude, he had some black magic failed. working against him. So the Cowboys, it's a weird game. So the, the Cowboys get the ball first. The first drive is scripted for three straight pass plays. And we get three drops on three passes. So instantly, like, we're all texting each other. I'm in a room full of my guys. We're all like, fucking kill me, dude. Like, it's going to be one of these nights. Like, so we get three drops. The defense does stop them. Micah immediately looked faster than I've seen him in, like, a month. Like, he blew up the first play on attack for loss. Like, we're getting pressure immediately. The defense is playing well. So I'm like, okay, at least there's that. Second drive of the game, uh, we go to the ground game. Uh but it's equally ineffective. So Zeke runs up the gut. He gets blown up in the backfield. They try Pollard. He gets five yards, but then Dak gets sacked for an eight-yard loss by Vita Vea. So you're out fourth and 15, and you got a punt again. So now it's you had two drives for a total of negative five yards. You're like, fuck me. This is going to be the worst game ever. Um, the defense forced another three and out. And then on the third drive, there's a play. I think this is like the crucial play maybe of the game. It's on second and eight. Um, am I right? No, no, sorry. Second and five. Uh, Dak throws this pretty, like, I think he's still got some nerves in his gut. He throws a pretty high pass to the uh, to the boundary to Michael Gallup. Gallup, Gallup goes way vertical for it. And you can tell it wasn't like, like Gallup wasn't expecting it because he jumped really early. Like Gallup had to kind of like float in the air for a second and then caught the ball and came down with it. But after that, it was kind of off to the races. Crucial catch by Michael Gallup, which I will say, Michael Gallup, you know, he didn't blow up the stat sheet or anything, but every catch he had in this game, I thought was a, a very crucial catch. It was the best game I've seen from Michael Gallup all year. Um, they go down the field and they end up, Dak throws a 22 yard pass. Uh, up the seam, which was kind of where they attacked this Tampa Bay defense all night, it was like directly in the middle of the field. They found so much room to work with. Um, throws a touchdown to Schultz, and then I guess the real like moment when you knew this was going to be an unusual game in the Cowboys' favor was when the Bucks got the ball back. They managed to march down the field. They even get this crazy like Tom Brady looking like Patrick Mahomes type no, play where he like play. runs an option and like flips it out to White, who gets like an extra couple yards. They're in the red zone. It's second and 10 or second and goal. And they start flashing this. I even said it out loud. I was like, man, we could use a pick right here. 
and then they flashed a graphic that said Tom Brady is like 400 you know, bajillion attempts with no red zone interceptions. He has not thrown a red zone interception since arriving to Tampa Bay. And I was like, oh man, never mind. Like he doesn't do that. And then on the next play, he he just tried. I, I, I guess he was trying to throw it away. That's what it I don't like. know. I think, and this may be a a comment on Brady's performance really all night. He just did not want to get hit, man. And I don't know that throw. No. Like he, we only sacked him twice. That doesn't tell the tale of how often people were in his face. And he just, I mean. Everyone said it forever about Brady. The one thing that you can never do is you got to get pressure on him, especially yep. up the gut. And you could tell with Ryan Jensen, their center just came back from IR. And I get playing him over the guy, but man, a guy's first start for the entire season missed all training camp, all preseason, yep. all regular season. You throw him out to the Wolves against the Cowboys. And uh, it was clear Dan Quinn and the boys, I mean, they went right at Ryan Jensen, um, a lot of pressure up the gut. And I don't know what Brady was trying to do there, but. I think you're right. I think he was trying to throw it away, but he kind of lollygagged it and just threw like a. It was really short. I mean, you got to throw it into like the fourth row if you're going to do that. Yeah, and it was instead, so he, bad. He, it was basically just a toss to no one, and J. Ron Curse just comes down with it. <laughs> it's a red zone interception. It Brady hits himself in the side of the helmet. He's super frustrated, and the Cowboys end up marching down the field and scoring a touchdown. That's um, right not, there where I legit thought that we had a good chance to win. Agreed. He's right there. Agreed. Like, when they went down and we went up, I guess 12-0, all my nerves of like, oh, this is Tampa. Because at least we had shown up at that point. My yep. big fear of anything for this game was looking like week one or 18. Yep. Because I really did think. totally flat. I didn't can't really think Tampa. Would, yeah, I didn't yeah. really think Tampa was ever going to put up 30. And I thought that was evident pretty early on. So I was like, if the offense can just kind of get the defense some head start, get 14 points, whatever, 20 points you know, we can build on that. And, and so when we, we scored two touchdowns first, that was where I was kind of like, man, this may be our day. Um, and, you know, that was a great – they had a great play to Jay Ferguson. Uh, I think that was the fourth and goal Ferguson's run. so special with his the ball in his hands, man. I love watching that kid in the open field. And then I will say this, CeeDee Lamb threw a hell of a block at the end of that run too that gave him like an extra seven yards, got him inside the well, red zone. So they get down to third and one. They run Zeke up in the big jump. He gets stuffed. And then on fourth and goal, they go for it from the one. Me and Zach even looked at each other and we're like, because, you know, it's Tampa. I was like, I just want points. I don't want bad momentum. And, and that can, like, really flip the momentum on you. Like, if you if you get stuffed on a, on a goal line play on fourth down, you give a lot of, like, hype to the other team. And they call a naked bootleg to Dak Prescott. The fucking balls on McCarthy and Kellen. And that and was, was going to score regardless. So well. Like He sold like it Dak, so well. Dak runs it in, but. Schultz is wide open, standing there asking for the ball. And Dak was like, could have easily just tossed it to him, but he was like, I can just walk this in. And that's what he does. So the play worked to perfection. It was the first of three straight drives where the Cowboys scored from at least 80 yards out. It was like an 80-yard drive, a 91-yard drive, and an 86-yard drive that all scored. Um, they were on fire. And after those first three passes that were drops – uh, Dak completes 11 in a row, which is a playoff record, and he ends up uh, 25 of 33 for 305 with four touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. Um, that's a QBR of 96.5, which is the highest QBR. QBR only goes to 100. 
So um, now, now Goat likes QBR. Now he gets on look, to me hey, when I, I when I, I, I cite it. Look, now, look, now, he, now he likes I'm it. just trying to speak the language of the haters, all right? Everyone shit on Dak all fucking year, all week. We had to hear about how Dak sucks. And Dak, I mean, like – and, and Ben called it last week. Like, it is these moments, these moments where everyone's questioning if Dak's the guy, that Dak seems to come up with, like, his greatest magic tricks. Um and he did. I mean, this is this is the best playoff game I've ever seen from a Cowboys quarterback in my lifetime. Like, he was damn near perfect. Like, was he playing the greatest competition? No. But, like, I think we could all agree coming into this game, we weren't – it wasn't the level of competition we were worried about. It was, like, it was can the, the Cowboys go out and execute in the moment? And like, Dak Prescott did that damn near better than anyone. I will say uh, Micah Parsons had an absurd game. And yeah. I – it gave me so much more faith in like Micah's ability to impact these playoffs going forward than I had coming in. Cause it had been a while since I saw a game a one, where I was really like, Holy shit, dude, that was a Holy shit game for Micah Parsons. I saw this stat after I wish I'd saw it before. Cause we had how we did our MVPs last pod. And you know, it was all pointed out that Micah had, had taken his foot off the gas in that last month defense in general. But, uh, he he said this before the game. He said, "Honestly, I feel like as far as we go, these are going to be my best games. That's just because I want it. Regular season is cool. You guys all hype up, but this is where legends are made, which is such a sick, fucking very point. tight, very tight. Like just to be out, be like, I don't know, man. I just I'm gonna just play my best, so it doesn't really matter what you guys think about the regular season and shit." It, and they did the defense did seem to come into this game hyper aggressive. I saw a clip from the huddle the defensive huddle before the game where jaron curse just said we make every single pass a contested throw and they seem to do that like a cowboys defender seem to be in every passing lane touch every ball another guy i'll call it right here dude leighton vanderish had one of the best games i can remember from him like he was he was asked to play a very non-standard role for him because the bucks basically abandoned the run like halfway through the first quarter. I mean, they had Tom Brady throw the ball 66 times in this game, which for a 48-year-old man is absurd. But 60. they had LDE drop back and play this robber role in the middle of the field where he just needed to clean up everything. Um, and he did it exceptionally well. He got his hands on two balls. He almost had two interceptions. But And that, and it was funny. Tom Brady actually made that comment to LDE after the game. He was like, next week, catch some of those, uh, which I thought was pretty humorous. So... Leighton fucking killed it. Whole defense, I mean, can't ask much more than that. I mean, there was two uh, rough plays, I would say. Obviously, the uh, the touchdown to uh, Julio Jones and then a blown coverage or assignment communication situation with Xavier Rhodes at the end of the game where if Brady locates the ball a little better, Mike Evans is probably walking in with the TD. Um, I'm putting most of the blame for that one on fucking Noah Brown, who – somehow was on the fucking hands team for this onside kick at the end of the game. That will never make sense to me. You're looking around at this entire team and going, all right, we need the two the guys with the best hands on the entire team. CD Lamb and Noah Brown doesn't compute for me. But other than that, I thought defense played incredible. Obviously, offense, the running game wasn't insane. Tony Pollard made enough of an impact to keep the defense honest, but Mostly it was just Dak carving them the fuck up, which was awesome to see. Z, where do you want to go with it? What were you going to – your general thoughts and feel? I know we watched this one together, so I, so I generally know, but uh, 
you know, who do you want to start with in this game? Let's start with the glaring obvious one. Dak. Oh, I thought I thought we were going Brett Maher, but <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a bait switch. There you go. I like it. I like it. Yeah, oh, give us uh, your thoughts on Dak. I'm interested because you know, obviously, you best. are probably the biggest Dak doubter on our podcast. Uh, he played the best game I've seen since we played Tampa at the start of last season. Hmm. I wasn't certain he had it in him. I'll be honest. So after the uh, second three and out, which for me was the low point of the entire game. I was very confident we were going to win. That second three and out convinced me that we were not. I turned to Ben. I said, you know, if both teams keep going three and out, we should put in Cooper Rush. Because <laughs> not so because crazy, I think dude. that Cooper Rush is better than Dak, because I don't. I never have. You know, I like to say that. Because, I mean, if Dak isn't going to do it, slap him in the face and see if maybe that works. Throw Cooper Rush in there. Rush at least has shown that he can win these games for no for, for the record. At this moment, Dak had hit his receivers in the hands three times, all three of them had dropped it, and that was the extent of Dak's play that day. And you were I like, Do you want to say, fuck out of here? Two passes for drops were even if caught, were not good plays. And the mm-hmm. CeeDee Lamb screen, I kind of put more on Dak than CD if we're nitpicking, but that's I all. mean, sure, but like at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because they didn't catch the ball, so like. <laughs> And the T.Y. one is inexcusable. Like, he has to catch that. Okay. Yeah, Zach was – yeah, so so after that, though, after that, we uh, – I guess, you know, we both settled in. We both felt pretty good after – But no, I, mean, he, I talked to him at halftime, so, and you seem to be pretty okay with Dex. Dex yeah, so, uh, I mean, he managed to start throwing the needle again. We see him kind of throw not, – not doing that recently. He's not using his legs. It's like an entirely different Dak, like an earlier Dak before he broke his legs that we're seeing. I do uh, love playoff uh, Dak that uses his feet, and, dude. Well, nah, I like it when he uses his feet. I wouldn't, don't really remember him doing it that much in San Francisco. Yeah, except for oh, well, the, the end, very, obviously. Very end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I told Ben on the on the phone the other day, it's not like you need Dak to go out and do like Lamar Lamar uh, shit. You know what I mean? You don't need him to go out and do like 100 yards rushing. Like Dak had 24 yards rushing in this game, but those 24 yards could be like four or five first downs. Like that's the difference maker with Dak is like because it's so unexpected from him, like they're almost never getting contained on Dak. And so he can make a big impact, even if it's just one or two plays. That can be a huge difference maker in a ball game. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, yeah, they were seven of 13 on third down. Um, you know, they ended the NFL, I think, best in the league, at least in games where Dak was quarterback, and then they were 2-2 two two on fourth down. So if you really add that in, I mean, they only, you know, had to get off the field for really after those first two drives, two more. So they were uh, they were really converting well in those situations, and that's uh, – he to, to y'all's point, I mean, he just looked poised in a way that he hasn't. Like, it, he's so – obvious in the eye test if you're getting a good Dak game or a bad Dak game I feel yeah. like like he just looks so in the moment so so it looked like practice by the by the time he threw the touchdown to Gallup like that is the most the wind up to the Gallup throw 
is so casual it's crazy like i couldn't believe i thought he was throwing it away because it was so like not it didn't look like he was like really firing it in there he just like stood back there it was like real casual and then he just like tosses one in there it goes like between the hands of a defender like to the back boundary i was like dude he is just totally in flow at this point like when he threw the one to cd before halftime i knew it i was like oh my god he's feeling it right now part of that was i mean that defender if he really wanted that pick he could have gotten it it went right through his hands his hands touched it he it was it was pinpointed though he had a dive for that i don't think he would have picked it unless he made a ridiculous pick but he definitely should have knocked it away because you're right it did Mm -hmm. go through the grasp of his hand but i you could tell when he's lined that one up though he was feeling himself and that was something we just didn't see like his body language was so decisive so in the moment so I guess that's the word I, I keep going back to decisive. Like he just looked like where he he knew where he wanted to go with the ball. That the, dude, the, the second touchdown, the, the, the second touchdown to Schultz. Yeah, I, I was gonna say like the, he's running good. left. He does the little like switch, so he's running kind of like sideways, shuffling, and does a cross body throw to to Schultz in the end zone. I was just like, dude, this this guy just feels like he can't miss right now, and he can't. Like he couldn't at that point. It was insane. So loved it. I, I hope we see this Dak uh, the next game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're going to need it, honestly, because now it's like the everything that we said bad about about Tampa, Sam Fran is really fucking good at. So, like, Yo, actually, we're going to say something else. This... Uh, we didn't. I'm sorry, Beth. No, go ahead, Zach. Oh, I was going to totally change subjects. Uh, so, I was going to stay on this game only just to, to, to live. Oh. No, no, stay on the game. I meant stop talking about Dak and talk about Zeke. Yeah, that's fine. I was, I was, I wasn't gonna get Dak. Where, where were you going? Oh, I was gonna say we were talking about how like one person didn't show up. Actually, I'm gonna say Zeke Elliott himself also did not do very well this game. Yeah, there wasn't a huge impact there for Zeke. That is for no, sure. No, he's, you know, he's, um, look, he's he hasn't been very impressive the last month of the season. Um, Pollard looked really good and fresh. I thought he was kept a lot of those early drives alive in the second, you know, late first quarter, second quarter, uh, running hard. I mean, he was getting whatever was there. And look, Tampa's in the Brady era and even before been known as a strong run defense. That's what they hang their hat on. Like yeah. if you beat if you beat Tampa, then it's usually through the air. Now some teams have exposed that this year with all their injuries and just Todd Bowles in general, their head coach getting exposed. I mean the Carolina Panthers ran for like 250 on them. So I don't, I don't want to say that you can't run over this team. I mean, Atlanta just last week, I know to largely their backups, but went bonkers on the ground. But Pollard had five yards to carry, dude, and that's pretty impressive against that kind of, of run defense. Um, mm-hmm. I thought they used – what I was happy about was I thought that the backs were used correctly. I felt like the the runs they were giving Pollard, they got him out on the edge a lot more. They were giving him opportunities to get the ball in space, which allows Pollard to use his natural elusiveness, his top end speed. Um, you know, he had a couple yard, a couple runs of like 10, 15, 18 yards. Um, that's what you need out of Pollard is you want him to like break the big ones. Um, you know, Zeke, I think like his longest was like eight or nine. Um but if you're going to run someone up the gut, like I've said for the last couple of weeks, I would, if you're going to like run those plays where you're just trying to grind it out, I don't want to waste those snaps on Pollard because I want him fresh and I want him to be able to hit the home run. Um, 
So while Zeke was not by any stretch of the imagination effective, I would rather see Zeke get 13 for 27 and Pollard get 15 for 77 than Pollard get, you know, 30 carries this game. Yeah, and like wear I, saw, him down. I saw a few people comment that that was absurd. Their touch totals should have been more in Pollard's favor. And I'm not going to fully dispute that if they want to head more that route. I just, I'm fine with it the way it is. Like, I, 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 I think oh, Pollard it's working. probably get... I still don't love that they start Zeke just for the sake of starting Zeke. Yeah, that's I insane. Wish, that's I wish stupid. they had Pollard do some first drives. I do, I do think at some point in this game, they realized, like, we're going to be playing next week. And so they were like, we don't need – we're going to need Pollard next week. Like, we don't need CD taking a ton of hits. We don't need Pollard taking a ton of hits. Um, well, look, the first play I actually do think was a fake – a play-action bootlegged where they target CD Lamb. And the second – play was an incomplete screen pass for cd lamb so right from the get-go i did like that they were not going to allow this to be san francisco last year where cd lamb and tony pollard combined for six touches they just weren't gonna let that happen i was sad on the one deep look we got cd on the deep crosser i don't know if it was dak was just leading him a little too much or cd lost his footing when he tried to extend for the catch but he like falls down catching the ball. And so it ends up being like a, a 30 yard gain. It was a great play. Um, but if CD catches that and stays on his feet, uh, he only had one guy between him and the end zone. I feel like CD could have turned that into something. So uh, I want to talk about protection too. I mean, while we're giving everyone their dues, the offensive line was fantastic outside of they the sack. They had a shuffle mid game too. Cause Justin or uh, so it came up before the game that they moved Jason Peters to left tackle, Tyler Smith to left guard. Correct. And Biotish came back to center, Martin right guard. And then and that's kind uh, of their pass Tyler protection Lambert, lineup. Which is interesting. what I saw. They, they moved to that. Um, they did a couple interesting things with personnel that made me feel good about this game. I want to kind of go to the, the where our heads are at mentally, because yeah. this was the most dubious I've been of a Cowboy team in the playoffs in probably my lifetime. So, you know, it, it's so easy now in retrospect to be like, yeah, the Bucks sucked and the Cowboys were always going to kill them. But I, I think there's so much baggage that hung over this team that we talked about and, and demons that they had to exercise. And I some of the things that started to make me feel good through the day, um, there's that weird stat where whatever refing crew, Dak's like 8-0 as a starter with, which could just be coincidental, but they don't call a lot of penalties. And sure enough, we only had two penalties all game which for a team that used to be talked about as heavily penalized, that was really nice. Um, and and the the other thing that made me feel good was, like I said, that O-line they shuffled. The D-line uh, they shuffled as well. They, they brought Hankins back, and they made uh, Gallimore inactive. They made Bohanna inactive. And then for corners, they made a, a right, I believe, was inactive. And they had Deron Bland play outside corner, instead of slot was where they had him. So he was opposite of Diggs, and they had either J Ron curse or uh, Israel Mukamura, who we haven't seen in weeks play slot. And that gamble paid off huge. I thought DQ and Kellen, I mean, both, you know, while we're giving kudos out, did a great job, but those little wrinkles that they did in the lineup and back to the O line, when they shuffled, even after Jason Peters left and then they moved McGovern back to left guard and they moved Tyler Smith out. Tyler Smith was great. He might've been the best offensive lineman on the field in that game where, in a game where Zach Martin and Tristan Wirfs are on the field at the same, you know, like that rookie had a phenomenal game. There were so many clips of him today that you can find of just ragdolling people and getting to the second level. Um, the, 
the touchdown where Dak scrambled out and threw it to Schultz. I mean, Tyler Smith just eats his man the entire time. So, uh, loved loved the little coaching changes, and I loved obviously the offensive line uh, performance in general was was fantastic. Tyron was a stud at right tackle. Um, people have been talking about him struggling there. So I thought they didn't run block exceptionally well, but uh, the pass blocking was 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 really nice. I felt Dak had a uh, good clock uh, in his head. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I it like the there was a definite worry in my head of if we were unable to because I I know that Tampa Bay's approach to pass rush is always up the gut. Like that's what we saw week one was a ton of pressure up the middle on the plays well, where where Dak Hicks and Vita Vea they got big yeah. fuckers, man. I mean, dude, the, the one play at the beginning where Dak did take a bad sack that loss on the second drive. Uh, Biotis just got wrecked, and I was oh, like, yeah. "Oh no, please don't let that happen again." Um, now, hopefully, that kind of protection will continue because we are going to see what I think is probably one of the nastiest defenses and pass rushes in general coming up this week. Um, Peters is out. I think he's probably not going to play on Sunday. That's what I was I've seeing. Seen. Yeah. Um, it's going to take at least a couple weeks for that hip injury. So we're going to be seeing the lineup that we saw in the latter half of the game on Sunday or on Monday, this coming Sunday. Um, have you heard anything about J Ron curse? Cause I had also heard that he, said, he was a little banged up. He said he's a hundred percent today. That was his quote. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I mean, that's very, I would expect nothing less from J Ron, but I think uh, it's mind over matter. But yeah, he said he's hundred percent today. All right, dude, I'll, I'll fucking take it. Uh, I thought him and I thought him and Donovan Wilson played just exceptional right. and, football. And, like I said, in, in, in DQ putting Mukamura at the slot and letting Deron Bland play on the outside, I thought that was great. I mean, honestly, of all the corners who I mean, Diggs had kind of a at least tackling wise, just like Diggs was not going to make tackles in this game. But yeah, we're gonna need because there is gonna be plays where Debo or McCaffrey Shanahan or... is going to pick on that. He's going to make you tackle. If, if if he's if they feel a guru like Shanahan feels like you have a guy in your team who doesn't want to tackle, guess what? They're going to run a lot of his direction. Oh yeah, and and we're going to need digs to like, hey man, dive at some ankles or something. But like the, the first third down conversion dude, of the he game, got turned dude. around, dude. I was like, Did no, digs, a... come on, man. Yeah. I'm going to see that replay like 600 times this week when people are like, oh, this guy's elite, dude. By the way, can I just, as a side note, it's so crazy to hear, like, when I'm, like, scrolling through social media, people being like, yeah, the Bengals secondary, like, they are super hamstrung without the elite play of Chidobe Awuzie. And I'm just like, that's so crazy that he's, like, evolved into this all-pro corner now. Like, that's so it's, nuts, dude. It's going to sound, my we all have our own tin that, tin hat, tinfoil hat uh, homer theories. And I really do believe that the Cowboys spotlight just make certain people get ragged on into an yeah. acceptable oh, level. And it probably doubt. elevates their it all probably elevates their star too. But dude, if Trayvon Diggs was doing what he did last year for like the fucking Chargers, no one's talking about yards allowed. No one. Like that guy would be seen as Jalen Ramsey 2.0. Like people would just not ill talk him. And so yeah, Cheeto it was always thought of, I think, as a professional, but nothing more than that. Uh, and apparently, yeah, they've they've been able to get, I guess, good play out of him in Cincy. They have a good coordinator over there too. Yeah, and it, he's made an All Pro team now, which is crazy. I mean, cheat. And I will say this: 
Cheeto, while he was a cowboy, what we said a hundred times was the victim of like more perfect throws than any corner I've ever seen. He was in the right position many, many, many times and got gave up catches on like what were just like undefendable passes. I so, never feel like he just got abused. Yeah, right. He just he got tough catches made on him. I was never like, oh wow, Cheeto burned again. You know? Yeah. It was never like even Anthony Brown, like we never had I never felt that way about him. So yeah, it is weird. But um speaking of uh I wanna, we did I wanna see... do one more thing too. Oh yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I I just want to raise my hand and uh sometimes you gotta eat crow. I definitely ate crow on, on picking Tampa. I was glad to be wrong. I was glad all my reverse the curses worked. I wore my unlucky shirt, boys. I wore a, a beanie I'd never worn. I, I made sure Zach didn't send the frog pick in our chat. I wanted nothing to do with luck. I wanted to look at every bad bit of intel and 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 stats that I could. So I did my part for for uh, the reverse the curse. I have a um, but black I do cowboy hat that I had to bring. I didn't want to, but yes, maybe. Uh-huh. I didn't wear I it, did. but I didn't exactly. put it down. didn't wear it, but he brought it, it for bad luck. And and that worked. So, and then I will say, uh, raising my hand last week, I did say Schultz sucked and Maher was good. And on part of the curse, it it flipped because I told yeah. you everything flipped. Schultz kicked ass, and now Maher's cursed and bad. Dude, so, Maher is like there a some real crooks, dude. He took I like really all think... the evil out of the Cowboys juju pot and ate it some, himself. There was some reverse curse shit happening. Uh, in my life, uh, you know, in, in my point of view last week. So All right. uh, Let's... I hand up on, on that. But Schultz, uh, best game probably of his career as a Cowboy. He so. balled, dude. He definitely yeah, let's, balled. Let's talk about Maher now. <laughs> and uh, I'm yeah, just going to go through. This is my, how I experienced this. The first one he Do missed, so. that sucks. But, you know, it happens from time to time. The second one, I got real angry. The third one, I was in absolute disbelief. And the fourth one, I burst out laughing. Because at that point, I don't know what else you can do. That's my And then what did you do when he hit? What was your what were your thoughts when he hit the fifth one? I was like, oh, they're kicked. Because uh at yeah. least what we were watching, they took a they cut away or doing a commercial and they come back and all of a sudden it's going in. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay, good. I guess. Dude, the yips are I mean, we, and we've yeah. said this before, man. Kicking is more like golf than any football position dude it's like a separate game that they play for bonus points and it is 90 percent mental it was rough to watch because ben put it really well the other night it's like when you try to swing a driver and you lose it and then by hole three you're just guessing and that's what he was doing he was just trying to kick the ball like differently and it was coming off his foot like full duck mode he was missing left right over the upright he hit the the post at one point um now again we were lucky we didn't need those points for this game but when you're going to san francisco against a team that i will openly admit i think they're the best team left in the playoffs i think they are they are personally for me i think they're the super bowl favorite um for to to beat a team like that a as complete a team as that you have to have a couple things go your way um and we'll get into that a little bit more when we get to the San Francisco game. But one of the things is you cannot leave points just on the table. And so the Cowboys did go out and sign um, a second kicker. He's on the practice squad currently. I expect him to be elevated to the active roster. Um, that guy, last now the he question was... is, Hold on. did they sign this guy 
I would say this guy, uh, this guy, last time he was on a starting roster, got fired because he had the most missed extra point kicks in seven right. weeks. And that's why yeah. I'm asking this question. Do you think that they signed him because they actually intend to elevate him? Or is it like they signed this guy, they're going to have him kick against Maher all week in practice to like refocus Maher via yes. competition, yes. and then on, su- on Sunday, Maher's the guy? There's this great Jimmy Johnson story where they had a kicker for – he was known to just churn out kickers. Like as soon as you missed one, you were dead to Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, I have heard that before too. And and this kicker came in, and he asked him how he's feeling, and the kicker like decided to be truthful and honest. Was like, I don't be know. Vulnerable boss. with your yeah, coach. Yeah, I, I, I don't really have it right now. I'm just not feeling it. And Jimmy's like, okay, okay, son. Next day, cut his ass. Just done. Good God. Brutal. Dude, they – Kickers are they're replaceable. They're the most replaceable part. Yes, Maher had a fa- fabulous year. He was fantastic for 17 games. Sometimes the kicker's good for five games. Sometimes they're good for five kicks. Sometimes they're good for five seasons. Whenever they stop being good, you flip it. You that's what you do. And I'm not saying that this guy who Zach pointed out, he probably sucks too. But you know what? He could randomly be good for the playoffs because kickers are really weird. It's just a it's just a repeatable motion and where they're at in their mind. So, you know, my well, first thought, I couldn't I really do that think... job. But, oh, God, no. But I'll say my first thought. Saying, before, like, okay. You go, Ben. Oh, sorry. Zach, I, I, I'm, no, no, no. I, but I, I might be a little say, you go. I'm just going to say, like, yes, I, I think they're bringing this guy in and have a competition at camp. And if Maher looks shaky, he's fucking gone. If he kicks this guy's ass, you roll with him. And you play it from there. And if he misses an early kick or extra point, then be aggressive on fourth down and we'll see what happens. Like, see if Hanger can kick. <laughs> yeah. See if Mike can kick. What were you saying, Zach? Oh, no, nothing uh, valuable. Basically, all I'll say was I didn't even really think about it. My first thought was just, oh, they just have him in case Ma comes out there and misses again. But, yeah, they're not bringing two kickers. To yeah. the game. Unfortunately, so I don't have the, the roster all. spots are too valuable. Yeah, about that. Um, yeah. So I think actually, Andy, I think you're probably right. They just brought him in for hoping Maher beats the shit out of him in practice. And yeah, I mean, that's the and, only reason they dragged Maher out. They kept dragging him out, I think. But yeah. Carpe's oh, yeah. Office, I mean, like he has to make one of them to get some confidence. They they certainly and I and I am glad that on the fifth one, they didn't go for two. I'm glad that they had him kick the extra point. And I'm glad he made it. I well, think they went for the fourth and four because they didn't trust for him. sure. Absolutely, they could have fucked him. That drive, but once once the game was in hand and it wasn't like they were very, they were like a hundred percent confident that this was there was no coming back. That's when they were like, okay, like now to to you know less important tasks, namely our kicker's confidence, and they let him kick that extra point. Um, you know, it's weird. It, kickers are weird enough to where dude Maher could be fine next week. Like Dak said in his post game press conference, he said. You know, he came out and he's like, I played like shit last week. Maher could be perfect next week. And that's it, true. It, dude, it could be as little as the field or whatever he was looking Grass at. Grass is weird. At. Yeah, like, for sure. Like, go back to golf. Like, there's some holes or tee boxes you stand on where you're like, ooh, I'm going to hit, I'm going to smoke this. And there's some you stand on, you're like, dude, I just don't like the visual. Yeah. And I know they're kicking at the same post, so it's a little different. But I could just say it could just be that field or the way it felt or the, you know, the vibe. Like, it just, it, whatever. I'm just saying. I would, I would fire him and take a chance. But if they if they roll with him, I don't think it's a bad strategy. I'm not that convicted on it. I just uh, it'll only it'll only really 
be a headline if they if they lose a game because of it. You know what I mean? Like, unfortunately, that's the nature of it. It's like kicking is a very binary activity. Like we talk about uh, that drive where they so Brady scores. I want to go back to kind of what something we've talked about off the pod and let everyone talk about. So they throw that touchdown to Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are. The Cowboys, our fan base, our generation of fans have lived through so much trauma in the playoffs that I believe everybody at least had a little bit of like, oh, fuck, man. I hope we don't blow this. I hope we don't. Blow yeah. This. So it's like, like the very, it's the closing seconds of the third quarter and they throw the touchdown to Julio Jones. They go for two. The Cowboys get, a, the Cowboys get away with. Hey, uh, a little Luke bit of a hold. Held the fuck out of Godwin there. And so it's 24 to 6 with a quarter to go. Up 18. If they made that two, I'd been sweating bullets too. Oh, yeah. And you're like, oh, dude, two touchdowns away. Fuck. Um, and that was the best drive. That was the most impressive uh Dak drive, I think, of the of the season. That that drive right after the Bucks score, the first time you've had any pressure on you all night. Well, every, everyone responded. So you have yeah. – so first of all, you get a 35-yard return from Turpin, like yes. right out the yeah. gate, which was a great return. No one held. It was like a clean special teams play that gets you 10 free yards. Then Noah Brown. Then, no, then like, you know what? Usually I'm very fuck Noah Brown. He, I would be fuck Noah Brown later in this game. But in, on this play, he did a good job. He gets you 15 yards. Um, so now you're on the Dallas 49. Uh, they run Pollard up the middle for five yards. Then they give it to Pollard again, but he gets stuffed. So now it's a third and six. And this play, dude, Dak smokes a slant pass between two defenders and Michael Gallup goes to the ground for it. And it's a spectacular catch by Michael Gallup, like a crucial third and long on a, on a driver. You have to respond. And Dak makes a banger throw Michael Gallup banger catch. Um, First and 10 at the Tampa Bay 35. They give it to Pollard again. He goes for 11. Then they give it to Zeke. He goes for one. Uh, Dak tries to hit Schultz. That doesn't work out. So now you're third and nine. Uh, and they throw it to Pollard. Pollard gets five yards. He gets sat down. That's that play where it's like it looks like he's going to make a move, but then he gets grabbed and just like forced onto his butt a five yards short or four yards short. So now it's fourth and four at the Tampa Bay 18. And they start to run Maher out there. It's going to be like a 20, you know, eight yard field goal, but McCarthy calls him back. They go for two. Uh, and Dak, they run a beautiful pick play that leaves CD wide open. Scheme Dak, touchdown. Yeah. Scheme, scheme touchdown. They saved that one was in the bag, ready to go. And CD Lamb walks it in. Um, that touchdown proved so crucial. I mean, I got texts from multiple people. That was the they, when they later in the game, when they got the onside kick, multiple people immediately texted me, "Thank God we scored that touchdown on fourth down. Like, you needed that cushion, well, or this would have got real hectic." I mean, it's a blowout, but you could see how this could have unraveled. I mean, if they if they get the two there, or let's say they get the penalty called, Tampa gets a two. Now it's twenty four eight. Dallas doesn't either get that, or they go for fourth and four and don't get it, and now Tampa drives. Like you're you're in full panic mode at that point. but Well, I will say that I hated our next offensive possession. So Tampa goes on a really long drive next. Um, they get down as – they get as close as the Dallas two on third and I was goal. Still, dude, I was still counting clock here. I was yeah, still counting clock Jonathan here. Hankins, another guy who just returned from injury, 
gets a nine yard sack on Brady here. So it's fourth and 11. They go for it. And Golston basically sacks Brady. Brady just like chucks it into the ground five yards in front of him. And they turn it over on downs, but do this. So you have, you have six minutes and 20 seconds to go in the fourth quarter here. This is the play call. Zeke Elliott for no gain. Zeke Elliott for two yards. Then on third and eight, they run like a go route to T.Y. Hilton. Dak throws it. It's like he's in single coverage, but he's T.Y. is not open. And they just chuck a 50-50 ball downfield, which almost gets picked. And luckily the defender doesn't doesn't come up with it. But it just seemed like an odd play selection. Like they they it seemed like they were desperately trying to burn clock and end this game. But man, I like when you're on your own 12 yard line, I think you've got to try to, to was, move the ball a little bit. I was okay at 31-6 run, run, run there. Even if they went I think you you milk off two minutes and you know, make them get four scores in four minutes as opposed to I understand what you're saying. I I think that's a rare case where I'm actually okay with them just full milk. I still would have used Pollard over Zeke. Yeah, honestly, but they only because they only got a minute thirty seven off the clock. With those yeah, three but it's plays. better than you know for throwing, sure throwing it incomplete throwing three times. That's yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so then Tampa Bay goes on a uh, eleven play, fifty two yard drive from their own forty eight. They score a touchdown with Cameron Brait. They go for two. To Mike Evans, they get it. That makes this game 1431. Um, and then they line up for an onside kick, and we send out the hands team. And this is the moment, dude, where I was like, I swear to God. So Noah Brown's on the hands team. He muffs the recovery. Tampa Bay gets it. And on the first play, uh, first to 10 for the Tampa Bay 49, it's two minutes to go flat. Uh, Tom Brady chucks this long, like, sideline pass down the field to. And Xavier uh, Xavier Rhodes clearly thought he was going to have help over the top because he's up in press coverage on Mike Evans. And suddenly he's all alone chasing Mike Evans. And if this ball is located like two inches shorter, it's a walk-in touchdown. And suddenly it's 21-31 with you know, a minute 50 or a minute 55 to go. You would still and feel you, okay, but it you def- would, I but you're suddenly like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God, dude. Like that's where the Brady black magic happens. He gets another fucking onside kick or the Cowboys fumble or something. Um, well, to your point, I mean, they went, the bucks at the end went 10 plays, 95 yards for their first touchdown, 12 plays to 70. They first and goal for the two and refused to run. I think that's a little on Todd Bowles and like, for sure. Punch, punch in Leonard Fournette there. They throw three straight incompletions. I gave Diggs a bad time. He actually completely took away the the play on first down to, to Mike Evans, uh, as did Deron Bland. And shit, LVE almost had a pick here. Um, so great goal line stand. I was actually shocked by that. That's when I really felt the game was done, even after our three and out. Even after when they scored their touchdown, I'm looking at the clock, but I'm like, man, that's that'd be a hell of a collapse. Like, I just... Yeah. Even when they got the onside kick, I didn't feel as bad as I did at the end of the third quarter touchdown. The real so. the real sealer play here was once they missed the the deep shot to Mike Evans, they get to second and ten on R thirty nine and Micah Parsons comes up with a sack that loses Brady eight yards. They take a timeout. It's now third and eighteen. Um they throw it to they go short to Julio Jones, who gets twelve yards. And so it's fourth and six and they they can't come up with they turn it over on downs and we kneel it out with the the Landry shift. So Micah Parsons with a 
amazing play at that moment. Now, Micah, uh, he, he starts the game with a tackle for loss. He ends up with 10 pressures, a sack, and a tackle for loss uh, on, I think they said it was 25. Uh, or, no, sorry, I had the stat in front of me. Um, the pe- the pressure rate's absurd. He basically had like the most pressures of any of anyone in a, in a playoff game in the last like 20 years or something ridiculous. So Micah showed the fuck up huge, yeah, which was awesome. Gen gave him, I think, 10. I saw PFF gave him nine, and it's the first time that someone's had nine pressures since Micah Parsons in week two. So against the Bengals. So yeah. Uh, either way, I mean, incredible, incredible game for that guy. Uh, I, I know Joey Bosa, who who plays for the 49ers, is probably going to win Defensive Player of the Year. I still think you could make a really strong argument that Mike is the most impactful defensive player. Well, and and we're gonna. We're, I know. We, I don't know when we want to get into the Niners game, but I told Ryan today. I think that this game, the Tampa Bay game, is in my head. It's going to be remembered as the Dak game. I think this Niners game if we win is going to be remembered as the Micah game, because I think that the, the crucial key, if you're going to beat a team this complete, they have one chink in the armor and that's Brock Purdy. Now Brock has played exceptionally well for a rookie, um, exceptionally well for a rookie that wasn't like a premium pick. He was Mr. Irrelevant. He's played super well, but they have played really low in competition. He hasn't experienced a ton of elite pressure yet. If you're going to knock this team off its access, it's going to be Micah Parsons getting in his grill early and often and taking him out of that like hyper confident headspace. And I could see, you know, if Micah has a three sack game on Sunday and we win, this is the Micah game forever. That's how you make yourself a legend. I would love that. I think now is probably a um, probably the perfect time for for Star Love Goat. Yeah, let's uh, do it. You know. I love this game. I, I I text my family after. I said I love you all. I'm so happy. I wish I could stay in this moment forever. I know, like, dude. Next week's That's how game. I like, felt. <laughs> I it it felt so good to get that win. I mean, I don't think people. I know for all Cowboy fans, but like, dude, I I just for six weeks I've been staring this Brady game, and I, I there's no other worse scenario. Even last year when we lost first round wild card to San Francisco, I shrugged it off after a week. Like I felt like shit for two three days, like normal whatever i was over it after that this game would have would have legit broke me in this team I, I don't think i don't think i could have rooted or ever believed in dak and mccarthy and kellen and any of that that combo ever again yeah would have been this would have been the absolute backbreaker so it just it felt so good to in a way get over that that demon now it's just step one we get that it's just a wild card win we're still just in the divisional round you're a good team they did what a good team should do there was a lot of fear that they weren't a good team, which I think is where this fan base was a lot coming from, was maybe they're just frauds like the Vikings were, and maybe yep. they're just going to lose. And we well, especially never... after Daniel Danny Dimes and the Giants won a get, playoff game, like I was just like, oh my God, dude, if they go farther than us, like with their yeah. trash-ass roster, like we are scum. <laughs> like, Yeah, I just, um, just want to say if Tom Brady's last ever game, and we don't know that it is, um, if his last ever game is an ass kicking in the playoffs by the Dallas Cowboys, that's a story I can write. If his so motherfucker great. finally held on so long, he could retire two years ago, winning a Super Bowl. He would have been 
six and zero all time against Dallas, and I would have never got one over on this fucker. I would have never had a moment of triumph over this guy. And I'm saying me a lot right now because this is how I feel about yeah, Brady. for sure. Yeah. But finally, man, finally, I get to say that we took down that guy. We yes. fucking beat that guy in his place. And it wasn't it wasn't a you know twenty one twenty like nothing none moral of that victory shit, for got, Brady. Yeah, dog walked Brady, dude. He looked yeah. like ass. His own fan base was like, he's an old man who need to get rid of him. Fire the he whole got coaching outplayed staff. By like, Dak Prescott, who people shit on all the time. Bro, he didn't get outplayed by Dak Prescott. He got outclassed by Dak Prescott. They they looked like completely. Di- if you, if you had never watched football before and you were like, one of these guys is the greatest quarterback of all time, and the other one is like, you know on the fence, you'd be like, I don't know which guy's on the fence, but I know you know one of them sucks and one of them yeah. is the the greatest. And Dak Prescott turned in. As close to a perfect game as we're ever going to see. I want to shit on Brady just a little bit more because it may be my I'm last. Okay with he that. was a okay shutdown fraud in this game. They yep. threw 66 times. His average depth of completion through three quarters was one and a half yards. Yep. They were absolutely scared to throw the ball. With Tom Brady, they were scared. And you can blame their offensive coordinator scheme. I don't give a shit about any of that right now. All I want to blame is that guy. Got his ass kicked. No, see, and I, will, not, I won't let He could not pick that. on. He can't pick on Deron Bland. He could have Byron, Byron Israel Mukamura. Byron Leftwich was the was the offensive coordinator when they won the Super Bowl. He's been the offensive coordinator when they've won the division three times. Like this dude is is a decent coordinator. Brady just has fallen apart. It just is what it is. And without Sam like Sam Howell yeah. kicked our ass last week more than this guy did. Not even oh, close. Yeah. So, like. Golly, if that's how he goes out in such a little whimper, dude. I'm. Uh, I mean, he's going to go down as the greatest ever. All that. And he shit, threw a little bitch fit. He tried to. He tried to uh, end Malik Hooker's career. Oh yeah, which he was threw really a little fucking cool. slide tackle thing, and uh so and playoff Lenny, who had clowned Micah early, got his ass run over by Micah. I just loved it, man. I oh, loved how about uh, how about how about uh, Mike Evans uh, telling the media that the Cowboys run a simple. I weirdly didn't get offended by that because I think that's kind of true. But yeah, but uh, it's just like it's funny to like that's dude. That, that's where your head was at. All right, yeah. bro. Like, keep that same shit. fucking energy, yeah. dude. Yeah. Um, I loved it, man. Like, if that's the last time we see Tom Brady in a uniform, I will have that forever. We will have that moment forever where we conquered that guy. And I don't give a shit how old he is and all that. He's two years from a Super Bowl. A lot of teams have lost to that guy in that moment in the playoffs and. He he didn't do it to us, and so uh, finally, after years and years, um, I can dance on his grave, and I just I'll be happy about that forever. So fucking great, dude! So fucking great for one night. For one night, we we whooped his ass, man. It was great. We may it never get great. that moment with Rogers, but at least we've beaten Rogers in some regular season games. We may never get in the postseason, fine. But we had never had that moment with Brady in any game, meaningless or otherwise. And yes, we're the better team. Yes, all this bullshit. But hey, he was at home, and it was a two and a half point line. So don't tell me we were a fifteen point Dude, favorite the, the, like, before the game. Three of the five pickers, like the the expert panel before the game, was like three people out of five picked the Bucks. Like yeah. Yeah, um, the, dude, the I've, the blogging the boys website, like they did their staff writers predictions, and more than half of them picked Tampa Bay to beat us. So, hell like on this pod, Homer, I, I picked them. I'm like the only person I think I mean, I said that we would beat them by two touchdowns or more. Yeah, yeah, Zach was the only person. I honestly 
you know, I brought up that second three and out because leading up to this, I honestly just thought we we were going to win. I really did think that. Now, the day of, I started getting a little nervous about that, and I, I was following Ben's suggestions. I was telling people we were going to lose. But I was still, like, it started to eat at me. I was like, maybe we will, you know, maybe we really will <laughs> just choke. And that second oh. three and out, it was just that sinking, depressive feeling. I was laughing. I wasn't like, even oh, ready God. to get depressed yet. I literally laughed on our, when we went three and out, three and out, three and out. I was making joke tweets. I was, I was really trying to cope my way through. I mean, it was – it was better when after we got our second three and out, they also got another three and out. At that point, it was kind of funny. Yeah. Like, okay, we both suck. This, the loss won't feel as bad. But, you know, I'm also not as ecstatic as you two are. I'm extraordinarily happy. But to me, it's like, it's good that we won. I'm not going to feel the way you guys are unless we win next week. That is fair. This I just, I've hated, you can ask Andy. Zach, you, you haven't followed football quite as long. I, I might have been, like, the first person to ever despise Tom Brady in, like, school. Very fair. Otherwise. I, I was always a Peyton stand back in the dark years of the Cowboys because, like, post-Troy Aikman, when we really sucked and we couldn't make playoffs, I was playing – you know, you, you're a kid. You got to fall in love with something and whatever. And uh, the Colts were cool and good. And I liked Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne and Peyton Manning. And so their big rival was always Brady and – they can never beat Brady. They can never get over him. And I've just i've I've heard that for twenty years, man. And it's finally somebody kicked his ass, man. So absolutely. Uh, anyway, yeah, I mean, it, and and I'll I'll, I'll it, agree but. that like the the true like vindication of this Cowboys team doesn't happen until next sure. unless they win on absolutely. Sunday because that's that's the point where they like this team is truly different. Like other Cowboys teams, even ones that are. I would say more worse than this one have gone this far. Like 2018's team is not as good as this team, and they went to the divisional round. Yeah, I I, I, I agree with all that. I, you, I'm wait, saying the man. Cowboys aren't vindicated. This is a this is a me feeling. <laughs> yeah, personally I'm vindicated. Ben, you be talked. We both said this is the worst Cowboys team to make the playoffs in ten years. I felt because last year's team. Just on paper, if you look at Amari Cooper being gone, even the uh, Randy Gregory being gone, the exodus of talent that they had off of that team, even the injuries they've sustained, I don't think you can make a point that they're – last year you could honestly make a point that they were as talented as anyone. 2014, That's you could make fair. a point they were as talented as anyone. I truly don't believe this team has as much talent as Philly or San Fran. I believe they're capable of winning and beating those teams. But you can't I, you can't possibly think this team is less talented than 20, 2018, right? The only thing I'll say about 2018 is they won nine of their last ten. They were hot. And they they I believed in that team in a way. Now I may have just been younger and just like, oh, they're gonna figure it out. But I I I don't quite remember that year super full. Their defense wasn't great that year, but I that's just the thing is like they were so one dimensional in the last two times they've been to the playoffs. Like 2016 and 2018, you basically like had zero hope that the defense was going to be able to hang with anybody. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean that's true. I like I said, I'd, I'd have to go back to. I, I don't. This team is definitely better defensively. I just think they're definitely talent-wise worse offensively than they've been in the past. Now, whether it's big enough to 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 be. Uh, deciding you know we'll see but fair shall we talk san fran uh star of goat then let's oh go yeah, to san yeah, fran. Yeah. yeah 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 yeah
All right, Star, lead us off. Boy, this is a tough one. Um, it's not. Just because – well, I mean, yes and no. I, I was going to say <laughs> you could give it to like 30 people played well, but when your quarterback goes out and does what he does with all the noise and all the, the hoopla and all the doubt, including within pretty much the entire fan base, and he goes out and puts on that performance – I mean, five total touchdowns, no turnovers. Everyone was going to talk about how he's going to throw a turnover. Um, yeah, I mean, it's got to be Dak for sure. Love it, Zach. Who you got? Dak. Dak threw great. Dak did a great job. If he plays like this, then I'll take back everything I ever said. I just need one more game from him, even if the conference game he sucks. I'll still say that he can do it. Just need one more. I hope it's more than that, man. I in my in my dreams, I really want this to be like a Joe Flacco esque, like he can maintain his peak for four games. Um, I think that's possible. I really do. I it's no secret I'm going to give it. I'm giving goat of the game to Dak Prescott. Um, not only do I think that this is one of, if not the best game Dak's ever played in his career, period, but to play it in this context is crazy. Like to play all the things we talked about, you know, he's on a grass field where they haven't played well. You don't have the speed advantage you're used to. You're playing on the road in a playoff game. There's all this noise. There are literally entire segments of sports programs all week devoted to the fact that you suck and you choke and you're at, there's literally dudes on national television that are just allowed to be like Dax ass. Like that is just such a different tone than they're going to talk about, you know, Josh Allen or any of these other guys. Um, Dak went out and turned in a, a game that, you know, if Josh Allen does what Dak Prescott did on Monday, they're going to heap praise on Josh Allen for ten, five years to come over it. So I'm so stoked for Dak. And I, I agree. I, I really, really want to see him continue that into San Francisco. If we get, if we get the same kind of play that we just got from Dak and Micah, I think that the rest of the dominoes fall and I think we can beat that team. Yeah, I you know they they it's worth pointing out too, you know a clean sweep for Dak, which I love to see. It's worth pointing out that the uh, the pattern boys are starting to get a little bit of traction. Uh, dude, the, the the pattern has spread far and wide, dude. It's like the Reddit has been conquered by the pattern. There's like a meme going around that's just like a golden statue that says the pattern, and then it has all these people bowing as our cowboys over them. Like, and and for those of you who, who don't understand what we're we're talking about, I said it a few said it a few podcasts ago, so it may only be our diehards that remember. But we began the season with a loss, then two straight wins. Four straight oh, sorry, wins. Four straight wins. Then a loss. Two straight wins. Loss. Four. Loss. Two. Loss. Last week, which means we're on pace for four straight wins, and we just got number one, baby. And, and if you win pattern. four straight now, that's, that's the Super, Super Bowl, Bowl, baby. Woo! Oh, that'd be so fucking tight. And so the, the number two of that uh, four-game winning streak would need to be the San Francisco 49ers in San Francisco. Now, again, just like last week, there's a lot working against you here. Uh, San Fran is maybe the hottest team in all of football. Uh, they've been described as the most complete team in the playoffs, a buzzsaw. They have massacred just about everyone they've played for the last couple weeks. Uh, Sands, the Raiders, who they oddly let hang around for quite some time. Um, they've made a hero out of 
Brock Purdy. Um, the levels of hype within the 49ers fan base have reached truly crazy proportions on their subreddit today. Some, they posted a comparison of stats between the last six games for a Brock Purdy and the last six games for Patrick Mahomes. And the comments were full of people being like, I mean, I'm just saying like there's, you can make a strong case that Brock Purdy is a better quarterback, which is insane. <laughs> like we've seen, we've seen Patrick Mahomes do this for damn near half a decade. We've seen, Brock Purdy do it against literally the worst competition okay. in the league for like a month and a half. It also needs to be pointed out when we talk Niners, like there's a lot of hurdles to this. One of the biggest ones is you're not going up against a somewhat inept coaching staff or one that's about no. to be fired. You might be going up against the best coaching staff in football. They had Certainly the best OC. offensive mind like yeah, in football their, at this point. They had their OC poached and go to Miami, led Miami to the playoffs, and they look damn near unbeatable for two months. Uh, and they're still churning. Their defensive coordinator, Robert Sala, went off You know, two years ago, got a head coach job with the Jets. Their new defensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryans, is a stud who apparently is going to be on the hot seat or uh, I guess the on deck for the next head coaching gig. Yeah. So, I mean, dude, they're just – that's how talented this team is. That's how well coached they are. Like, they just – they churn it out, man. They they have, in my opinion, probably even exceeding McVay now, the best. It's probably him and Andy Reid is the best offensive gurus in football. Yep. Um, except one guy's doing it with Brock Purdy and one guy's doing it with Patrick Mahomes. So, Correct. And they have weapons, dude. I mean, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle – they are better at basically every position. Um, now, CD, like whoever you want to compare him to, he might be like in the same class as some of those guys. Pollard, he might be in the same class as some of those guys. Outside of that, like they are much better at tight end. They have they are more numerous as far as like guys that can go beat you. Um, they have an elite defense led by the only guy who I you know is in the same conversation as Micah Parsons, which is Joey Bosa. Um, it's going to be a, a challenge, dude. And they are hard-hitting, incredibly physical, punishing defense. Um, there was that stat a couple weeks ago where it was like the week after teams play the Niners, they like play like complete shit because they just got beat like the dog shit out of them. Um, now, there is some – I like some of the stats Ben was providing for the group chat today. So they've played like two teams with a positive point differential in the last like – No, all season. All season, yeah. So it's they played the, the Chiefs, who are like plus 123, and they played the Seahawks, who are like plus six. Um, other than that, every team they've played has a negative point differential. The Cowboys are like plus 124. 124, right thank you. Yes, yeah, so we're like right up there with Chiefs. Yep. So other than the Chiefs, they have not played an offense. And the Chiefs dog walked them. Yeah. Like, that's the last time they lost a game this season, and the Chiefs. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is one of a kind, but they put up 40 on yeah. him. They just smoked. So my my hope is that the a combination of overconfidence and the Niners just not having seen – they've played inferior competition. They've basically – like what we did last week, they've been doing for – They do what well-coached teams do. They're beating up on – they're a well-coached team with Correct. a fuck ton of talent, and they've done what the Eagles have done largely this year. They beat up on bad teams. Yep. That's what they do. They when they play bad teams, they just don't have hiccups. Now that doesn't that doesn't we we, we haven't seen close. 
the Raiders were close. Play good. Yeah, that's true. But everyone, you know, everyone kind of has one. Of course, it's the NFL. It's the NFL. And look, look, we had that game against Sam Howell and even the, the Texans game. Like, dude, they started Jarrett Stidham. There's no film on that guy. Like, sometimes yeah. defenses just that are so prepared like that, it's it's tough when you don't know a guy's tendencies and they go out and do shit that you're just not expecting them to do. So, Now, like I said earlier, I do think that the one uh, – I think if there is a quote-unquote weakness to this team, uh, it's the inexperience of Brock Purdy. Um, now, Brock Purdy, for those who don't know, Brock Purdy was like this like perennial Iowa State quarterback. I felt like he was there for a billion years. Started um, all four seasons. He started all four seasons. He was Mr. Irrelevant, so he's picked 262 of the 2022 NFL draft. And before his senior year, if he had come out as a junior, he was going to be a borderline day one pick. He was probably going to fall to day two, but he was going to be like someone was going to talk themselves into falling in love with him. And Correct. then he came back senior year. They'd gone to the Big 12 title game in his junior year, and they just had a bad senior. They just had a bad fourth year with him there. Yeah. Uh, so he fell all the way to the Now, side. I will say in his defense, the year after he was gone, they were dogs. Oh, they're still bad. like, Yeah, like he, like a lot of people are, have now kind of come to the conclusion that they weren't like, like they made him look worse than he actually was because they were, they're such a, a trash organization. Um, now, since he's, uh, he has played in, uh, looks like six total games. Um, since becoming the starting quarterback for uh, the 49ers uh, in those six games, he is six and zero. Um, they don't ask him to do like a tremendous amount. Uh, this last game was easily the best game he's played. I would say um, I'll, he did, he did pretty good against the, uh, the Cardinals too, although he only threw for 178 yards on 20 attempts, but he threw for three touchdowns um, in their, in their uh, first round game against Seattle. Um, which they won 41-23. He was 18 of 30 for 332 and three touchdowns. He took one sack. Um, so they do a pretty decent job protecting him, um, although he did take four sacks against Arizona. So sometimes people get to him, but I will say I think that the, the absolute key to this game is getting to Brock Purdy early and often. Like You have to make this guy play like a rookie. He needs to turn the ball over. He needs to, like, he needs to look like a guy that was drafted in the seventh round because – if you let this dude get all the time in the world and they, they're they allowed to protect him by, you know, McCaffrey's going off, Debo's going off, like they're just going to be able to protect this dude, have him throw the ball 18 times, and they'll kill you. And their defense yeah, Shanahan, is good enough to beat Shanahan you with that. Shanahan won an NFC championship game, I think, with Jimmy Garoppolo completing or throwing less than 10 total passes once. So, yeah. I mean, if you let him, he will do what – Basically, what happened to the Cowboys in 2018 and Sean McVay and them did. He will pound Elijah Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel out 45 times if he let. Yep. Dude, this one is a uh, this is a real test. I will say that like they, during they, the during the Bucks game, like one of the guys was in in the house with us. He's from SF, lifelong Niners fan, and he was rooting for the Cowboys. He was wearing a Cowboys jersey for the game, like good sport. But we he was sitting there being like. You know, like I would, I would, Ray, I would, uh, I, I don't want y'all to win this game because I think you're the better team and I'd rather have an easier road, but I still think we can beat you. And all of us were, were in the room at the time were like, yeah, you know, the Niners are super good. You, we, we probably can't win that game. I just want to get past this one, blah, blah, blah. Now that we're here, 
I really want to beat this team, man. Because this is really like the you've arrived game. Like you win this game and suddenly like the Cowboys have punched above their weight. They've beat maybe a better team for the first time in the postseason ever. Like, yeah, it's it's a huge deal to win this game. Yeah, I mean, now it, it is the different type of test. You got over the first hurdle, right? Like if you are if you are this franchise that thinks of itself as, hey, the standard is Super Bowls, right? Like that's that's where we are. America's team, the whole brand, right? If if that's the standard, then as much as we celebrate that win to, to beat Brady and not choke, like that's one step. You got three more of them. And we haven't seen this team even get to step get past step two in 30 years. Correct. So and and to your point, I mean, I would I don't have this offhand. I was about to try and look it up. I can't imagine the last time the Cowboys were an underdog in a playoff game and won. Like even Romo's two wins, we beat the Seahawks and the Eagles, which we were both favorites. Dak's two wins, we beat Tampa and Seattle. We were both favorites. So it has to be predate both of them. Um, so I, I think it's probably been a real long time man, since we've been an under, like we've been a worse team to beat a better team. And I don't, I mean, worse is, is marginal. I mean, we're, I think four point dogs. I think it's already moved to three and a half. So it's not a huge, huge we were, gap. we were a uh, touchdown dogs against the, the Packers in 2014. But we lost that. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. I'm just saying, like, it seems like every time we go into a game yeah. as underdogs, we get mashed. Like, yeah, they're not yeah. mashed, we looked, lose. That Rams game, we were seven and a half point dogs and lost. Now so. it's it's uh it's less than that this time. It's we are sh- on short rest. Now the, the Niners, they played Saturday. They got Saturday through the following Sunday, so a full week, all, like basically eight days of rest. They are not traveling. Um, they're in their own time zone. Uh, Cowboys had to play Monday night. They flew back Monday night. They're going to get really like one day off. And then they're basically going to meet. They went into walkthroughs and game film Tuesday night. And then they're back at practice. They're doing the whole thing. And then they're going to have to, they're going to travel, uh, on, on Friday afternoon to get ready. So can I, can I read a stat? That's pretty sad. I looked up. So this is the last 30 years. Yeah, Dallas has been an underdog in the playoff seven times. One was the NFC title game in 95. They lost 38-28. One was in Minnesota. I don't even remember. 2000. We lost. We're seven-point dogs. Lost 27-10. Then the Rams game I just talked about. We lost 33-20. Seven-point dogs. We lost 26-21 in that game. Andy talked the Dez catch game. We were three-point dogs to Carolina in 04 and lost 29-10. And against Minnesota, we were three-point dogs, lost 34-3. That was that. Dude, Brett that game. Yeah. Oh, you know, for, for most, the Dez catch is the worst Cowboys moment. But I got dumped by my girlfriend at the time in a Chili's bar watching Brett Favre destroy us in 09. And I cried into a basket of chicken crispers. And, Yeah. The staff was kind enough to give me the chicken crispers for free, which, you know, shout out to the Chili's in Columbia, Missouri for that mo- moment of mercy. But to be wearing a Tony Romo jersey and a cowboy Santa hat and get dumped and then cry into a basket of low quality chicken strips is it's a low moment in a man's life, even a young man. 
you you can say a lot of things and my heart bleeds for you, but let's let's not let's not insult Chili's, okay? You know, let's, let's no, I'm not, hey, I'm they first of all, they took them off the menu. So fuck Chili's for that. <laughs> they don't have those? No, they took they announced earlier this year they're taking chicken crispers off the true. menu. That's the only thing I ate that's there. I mean I fair yeah, I haven't I been there in like not true. eight years. But... Someone someone will have to verify if that's true in our, it in is. our comments this week. I just Googled oh, it up. Jesus. Um, and by the way, the last Chili's one. Chili's discontinued its original chicken crispers. It's in USA Today, dude. Jesus. It made no. national news. The only one. Uh, the uh, gall of Chili's. Who do you we... think you are? That's tough, man. I mean, that's bad. That's They're forgetting bad where they came from, dude. They're forgetting where they came from. What's next? Uh, yeah, we're getting rid of the fucking Are they going to get rid of the, the chili queso? Yeah. We're getting rid of the Southwest egg rolls. Mar- margaritas aren't get- – first of all, we're going to make good margaritas, and they're going to be expensive now. Like, what are you thinking? Come on. Uh, that's – you know, that's probably what's wrong with, with – Ben's America really been right thrown now. off. He's like, he cannot believe that they're getting rid of chicken crispers. I'm glad I, I experienced this shock weeks ago when I first learned it because it's – I can't imagine learning this live on the air. I think I read it, and I, I just thought it was bullshit, like one of those things that people say for – attention and i moved on with my day but that's a sad that's a sad day i've actually been trying to i eat off the guiltless grill myself no big deal eating healthy over here but uh we only have like two chilies in austin so i never get to go um my last point on uh <laughs> this spread is anyway we've lost every game we've been an underdog the last 30 years in the playoffs we are four point dogs in this game last time i looked is that still the case three and a half Wow, so it's Ooh. narrowed a little bit. So this is a one at a neutral site. This is a point five. This is a coin flip game, effectively. It's less than a point. Oh no, it's back to four. Okay, and a half still one a one point spread at a neutral site. Um, it's less than I thought it'd be. Honestly, I it's really the closest thought... game of the weekend, even closer than Buffalo Bengals, which is five, which is interesting. To That's going to be such a, like a crazy, weird, emotional thing. Yeah. Which let um, me tell you, the number of Bucks fans I saw on the internet being like, "It's insane that the NFL didn't immediately forfeit the Cowboys game after the Russell Gage injury." I was kind of like, "Okay, you're legitimately trying to leverage this guy's injury to not get <laughs> to like negate an ass kicking. That's pretty low, guys, even for you." Yeah. So they this is basically the, what we haven't seen in our lifetime. Thereabouts. I mean, beating I mean, the team. So was last week. Very, Probably since the very beginning of the Aikman Irvin Emmett run before they became the dynasty on the way up was the last time the Cowboys team exceeded expectations to beat a team that they were not supposed to beat. So hey, we haven't seen been, one do this it. Has been a week of, this history. has been a week of, of history making, dude. We haven't won a, a, a road playoff game in 30 years. Now it's time to do another thing we haven't done in 30 plus years. And I love it. It's the old '90s rivalry, '80s, '90s. It Cowboys, is an awesome 90s. rivalry, dude. This it's is so the coolest. Sick. And then, and, what, and, and then the NFC. Honestly, they're easily my favorite team outside of the Cowboys. Like in this playoffs, like oh, if we if we yeah. lose to them, I'm still probably going to want them to win it out. Well, that's because the other game is Eagles Giants, who we both fucking hate. So. Yeah, which that's an interesting thing too. Like, I have, NFC East teams in the. I have really hated the love that Danny Dimes has gotten for the win they got over the fraudulent Vikings, especially because the play that everyone keeps showing is like 
Danny Dimes finally arrives and proves the doubters wrong. Here's a highlight of him running a Statue of Liberty play. I'm like, that's literally something a high school player can do. Like, show me a pass. Like, come on, man. Yeah, I Dable's working some weird voodoo magic. He's Although, a great coach. I'll give him that. He's an incredible coach it, for what he's done with the talent they have. And no offense to our, our friend Jake, who is a Vikings fan and always tries to compare Kirk and Dak. I, the Vikings were just frauds this year. They just were. Their they whole were. team was Justin Jefferson. The entire team was Justin Jefferson. That was – they won 11 straight one-score games. Those are coin flip games by all advanced stats, even for the best teams. If they go six and five in those stats, nobody thinks that that was a good. Yeah, practice. there was some like post someone did where it was like if every one score game in the NFL was flipped, like here's the results, and it was like the Vikings were like one in fifteen and like the worst team. They would have like the number one pick in the draft or something. Like, is insane. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you know, like say what you will about the Cowboys. I think they're a good team. Do I think they're good enough to beat teams 40 to three? Not usually. So, you know, that was a bad sign for them. Like, well, this is a team. They certainly will not beat 40 to three. And if they did, that'd be the greatest. Oh my Cowboys God, game dude. That the time. next week would be the greatest week of all time. If they, if they fucking did that shit, dude. Oh my God. Yeah, so um, a couple fun things about this game. Andy already talked about Brock Purdy. Uh, this team did trade for Christian McCaffrey. They have not lost a game since that trade for McCaffrey. They have not lost a game since Brock Purdy became their starter. Debo Samuel's back. Brandon Ayuk's a stud. George Kittle, who was pretty invisible the first half of the year and banged up, has become a back-to-his-old self. He looks really good and dominant. Uh, Trent Williams, great O-line. You know, they're... They're really good. They're, They're a really good play caller. Um, we lost to the same team last year, twenty-three to seventeen. I would argue probably a least, probably a less talented version of this team. To be honest with yeah, you, yeah, we probably, and that's what I mean. We might have gotten a little worse, and they might have got a little better. And now, uh, you know, we could argue if we got worse because the defense got better, the offense definitely got worse, and we lost twenty-three seventeen to this team. So it's we have a work cut out for us. I mean, we're gonna have to go in and, um. We're going to see if this team got a demon off its back and can play light and free like that again, and it's unlocked something in them. Or we're going to see that Tampa, Tampa sucks and we or, had a great or, or night. We just, or we do what Dak has unfortunately done a few times this year, been inconsistent. Yep. Goes from good game to great game to bad game to okay game to good game to great game. Can he connect? Because if he plays like that, we're winning the Super Bowl. I mean, Agreed. if he plays like that three straight games – has his Joe Flacco moment run, which I hate to even compare, but that's what Flacco basically did in the Ravens run. Yep. That's what he was absurd. I mean, the defense, uh, I, I I have faith in showing up. I'm a little worried about this Dan Quinn, Kyle Shanahan matchup. So there was people, people seem to be viewing that exclusively from like, oh, Dan Quinn will know a little bit about what, you know, Kyle Shanahan does. And I'm like, man, the opposite is true too. Like Kyle Shanahan knows a lot about how Dan Quinn works at defense. And yeah, and everyone everyone does point out that he's had the better. I mean, there was some podcast, Richard Sherman, last, you know, he was on the Niners team um, or used to be close to those those guys, and he said Kyle Shanahan knew Dan Quinn so well that he was calling up plays specifically just to beat things that Dan Quinn does and, like, knew the terminology that Dan Quinn would, would utilize. So we need DQ to be a little bit uh, innovative in his his efforts. Um. 
But also, we held them to 23 points. It wasn't like that offense kicked our ass last year. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't great, but it wasn't an ass-kicking. So it Okay, I mean, it wasn't an ass-kicking. We did play like shit. They all, oh, offensively we played like shit. Did we that's, play like shit defensively? That's why I don't. No, nah, so. we did. But that was part of like, that was part of why it was so frustrating. Was that like if we had gone out played like shit, they beat us by forty. Okay, it was a winnable game despite how bad we played. Like, Amer- like one one uh you know again if CD doesn't drop that pass at the end of the game, it could have been totally different. You're like a couple of good plays away from being very, from contending for that game. Well, and then that Niners defense, the very next week held MVP Rogers. Absolutely shut down Rogers. Yeah, absolutely. So they won 10 to seven on a block punt. So (laughs) the, I want to, I want to believe that we can beat this team. Um, It's weird the game on Monday was so lopsided. We won so convincingly that I'm almost like, do I even count it? You know what I mean? Like, it's like, do I really believe that's the Cowboys or is that just a fluke? And well, we've seen the highest high and the lowest low in two weeks. Yeah, back to back. We saw like the worst game they've played in forever and the best game they've played in forever back to back weeks. Now we find out, I guess which one of those they really are or if they're somewhere in the middle or whatever. It's weird. I'm, I'm interested to hear what your guys' predictions are for this game. Before I do that, I do want to point out their defense. We, we've mentioned the name uh, Nick Bosa. I think I was name of the other Bosa brother. Yeah, I was, calling, I was calling out Joey as well. Uh, the other uh, Ku Klux Klan member, Nick, he's the, uh, he's the, uh, the MAGA bro that'll be across from us this weekend. Um, Besides him, honestly, who the best player on their defense is is Fred Warner. He's yeah, Fred Warner's good. He's what him and Roquan Smith are probably the two best, you know, middle linebackers in all football. Yep. He roams and owns the middle of the field. That's what he does. They shut down. They completely shut down McDaniel, who knows a lot about Shanahan and those teams too, and knew about that Niners defense, and they could not score. Luckily, luckily, Schultz is going to just. Give, put him in the spin so, cycle this well, week. Well, I just mean what Dak likes to throw is a lot of those middle breaking routes that we yep. saw. A lot of those crossers and that just love the scene, dude. Fred Warner's whole role is is blowing that shit up. So that'll be a really interesting chess match to see what Kellen does there. I don't expect much from this run game. Although I will point out, last time we played the Niners was the like Pollard breakout game where Zeke missed, which was our two games before that. Sorry, not the playoffs. The playoffs we barely gave him the ball. So. Yeah. I'm a little worried about the run game. It's going to have to be on Dak's arm again. He's going to have to be pretty perfect. Um, I I trust CeeDee Lamb 100% and fully to ball out. I have no idea what to expect from our kicking game, and I expect the defense to show up a little. I, I think Shanahan will get his. I don't think we're giving up 35 to the Niners, but we'll see. I mean, Tony Shanahan- Pollard is the fourth leading running back in the, in the league postseason right now, dude. So, I mean, number three is Danny Jones. So I just, once again, they're going to exploit weaknesses. I mean, if they, if they don't think Trayvon Diggs is going to tackle, they're going to run at his ass. And definitely if they think Mike is going to overcommit to this or that, they're going to put him in situations to expose that. Like that's, that is what the, if they think our number two corners weak as fuck, guess who they're going to throw to Ayuk or Kittle. Ayuk is going to have a career day. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we'll see, man. I I think it's a, it's, it's a really tough ask and a really tough challenge. This is a huge week for DQ and Kellen to install a game plan on, on a short week against 
a significantly better opponent than the week they played before. Yeah. Like it is, I will gain tremendous respect for both of them. If we see good play from both sides of the ball this week. So So we, we slayed a demon last week. Now it's, it's time to slay a giant, a dragon dude. Yeah, definitely. Well, Um, all right, Ben. Well, that said, man, what do you got? I want to go last. I want Zach to go first. Okay. I know Zach, Zach always right. goes What's positive. your prediction? He gets us in a good mood. Uh, so they are a better team than they were last year, and we are a worse team than we were last year. But I feel like we can definitely play much better than we played them last year. I think it's going to – if we shut down Purdy, that's going to be basically the game. I do think that they're going to throw a lot of tricks. I think Mike is going to bite on a couple of things he shouldn't. I think there's going to be some issues. But my prediction right now, it's a 24-21 Cowboys. Oh, my redemption game. Kicks the game-winning field goal. Wow. I love it. I love it. All right. Uh, ben wants to go last. Yeah, man. I like what you said, Zach. I feel that as well. Um, you know, probably until like yesterday, I was – I would have said that the Niners are going to win this shit. I really, I have like, I'm not fully in this mode yet, but I can see it down the road that like this team can be special. Like I saw on Monday night that they have the ability to be special in a big moment with all eyes on them. And I want to believe that they've broken through something with that win. Like mentally, and I always thought that like that was the biggest blocker for the Cowboys. It wasn't ability. It was always like the mental block about executing in this limelight moment. I want to believe that that continues this week, and I think that it will. I'm going to say the Cowboys win this game 28-17. to 17. I love it. That would be huge by 11. Oh, yeah. Um, now, I do not want to jinx anything here so um all i will say is if somebody were to go back and look at the record and look at my predictions in games i have predicted the cowboys to lose they might notice a certain trend i won't Mm -hmm. point it out they might notice something very very significant in games i predict dallas to lose and in that vein i believe the san francisco 49ers will win 24 to 20 that's a shame man you know hey good that's season tough. what are you gonna do that's tough um i will also say all hail the mighty pattern but uh yeah i'll say this man if we lose uh, this game this i think will feel a lot like the rams game that we lost where it's like if you if the niners do go on and they win the the, the super bowl and if we give them a tough game that is leagues less painful than like the Niners game last year where you just play like complete shit or the Dez catch game or any of these other versions of like the Cowboys shooting themselves in the face, embarrassing style. If we go out and the Niners are just the better team and they beat us, it will suck. It will be painful. It will be easier for me to rectify than what we've dealt with in the past with this team. Yeah. So you just don't do some dumb shit. And I know it, it'll be a close game where it'll come down to, to a possession here or there. But look, there's two world-class players in this organization. And it's Micah Parsons. And then I believe Dak 
can be that peak guy. form Dak Prescott. Peak, peak, peak form Dak. A day, and those two a guys, day Dak Prescott, not look, B day, but a day. You don't, you don't have the talent or the luxury that San Fran has, where they don't need their quarterback to be great, or they don't need this guy to be great or that guy. It's like playing Golden State when Kevin Durant was there. They can have one of their superstars be off. You can't, and that's yep. what it is. They can have a, they can have Debo Samuel have a three catch game, and kick your ass. They can have Brandon Ayuk goose egg and kick your ass. We need CeeDee Lamb. We need Tony Pollard. We need Dak to be great. And we need Micah Parsons in that pass rush to be fucking lethal. And I loved what we saw from LVE. Jonathan Hankins came back. I think that'll be Curse, a huge thing. For all the these run. guys. Curse. Um, Donovan Wilson. Yeah, I I, I think, you know, Armstrong. you need all of them. But, but you need the, to be, to make a run, they're going to do it on two things. It's going to be on Dak's shoulders and on that pass rush. So those Agreed. are the two. And and I would love to see both those units step up. Uh, they both did last time, so that's where I'm counting. I'm counting on a, a, a well. I mean, I predict us to lose, but I'm I'm counting on Micah to to be the the game breaker and and kind of prove that hey, I may lose the NFL MVP or defensive MVP to Nick Bosa, but I'm going to be the best defender on the field. Well, I'm I'm uh, mark these words, man. I'm telling you, last game was the Dak game. This is going to be the Micah game. We are going to remember it like a year from now when we're thinking back on these playoffs. We're going to be like, dude, the second round, the Micah game, and everyone's going to know what we're talking about. I have a feeling in my gut we're about to see. Because, like, you can be Mr. Sack Monster during the regular season. That is very cool. And Micah will be a stud and make a bajillion dollars doing that. But if you want to be a legend, and I think Micah Parsons wants to be a legend and will be a legend, this is the kind of game where you become a god. Like, you come up with these huge sacks, huge, like, third-down, game-breaker-type moments. These are the, those are the moments that make those players immortal. And that's what I think we're going to see from Michael Parsons on, on Sunday afternoon. So I'm very excited, man. Fuck yeah. All right, What's, boys. Anything hey, else? As, as, I, as I tweeted right before the... Uh... Tampa game, you know, once more unto the breach, my friends. Yeah, dude. One more time. I would love to be back here next week, dude. That's uncharted territory for the pod. We've never had a conference championship game pod. Shit, I doubt podcasts existed last time we had a conference championship game, baby. Oh, no kidding, dude. Yeah. I mean, I they mean, definitely did not like <laughs> dude. And if we get this, man, oh, and we get I the other thing, man, I really want to say. I told this to Andy. I have this feeling. It it feels like we've been on a collision course with Philly. And I, I know. And specifically Jalen Hurts versus Dak Prescott. Because they've each like beat the other guy's team while the uh, while he was out. Like dude, and the, the world fan base is like their guy. I think they've just been on a collision course all season. Ratings would be absolutely <laughs> broken if the if the eagles if it's eagles cowboys nfc championship game with dak and hurts in dude that is the end all be all and i'll tell you what if dak prescott sent the eagles home oh my fucking god let's dream oh, fellas let's that dream. is that is elite that is just after that it barely i mean because obviously beat, at that point you're like niners yeah, at that point away, but we're in uncharted territory i mean we know yeah. we can beat philly and well, that's, why that's I was the thing, dude. If you beat the Niners, I suddenly I'm like, we can beat anybody. Like at that point, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the train. When like, Minnesota fucked up, because like going to Philly, I would have liked our chances a lot more. Uh, 
you know what I mean? Like, I I really believe we stack up fine with Philly. I just agreed because a division rival, we know them. I just think our guys on our team are so motivated to beat that Philly team. Agreed. Anyway. And anyway, and Dak owns the NFC East, and we're guaranteed an NFC East opponent. Hurts never beat Dak. And we were guaranteed an NFC East opponent in the title game if we can win this one. Oh man, that'd be ooh. we need it, dude. I need it's it. close, baby. I, I know. It. Uh, we're 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 the fans. We're allowed to look ahead, baby. We're allowed mm-hmm. to. Um, so, <sighs> dude, they, I, I I want them to get it done so bad. I want them to. Get it done so I mean, bad. I'm I'm, I'm, I, I'm wearing them, dude. I've been wearing them. It's two, week two of rocking the good love charms, twenty four hours a day. Yeah, I'll, I'll say I'll be just as happy though if the Giants beat the Eagles. Yeah. Oh yeah. Honest, I, yeah. I don't give a shit. I don't care. Because like, here's the thing: it's win win. It's win win. Because on yeah. one yeah. hand, if yeah. we get to go play the Eagles and like that's the thing, that's really cool. That has a bunch of storylines. If the Eagles did all this jawing, all this we're so fucking elite. Hurts is the MVP. We're the best team ever, and they don't win a single playoff game. That's yeah, we've been there. Honestly, yeah, I was gonna say it remind me of 2007 and 2016. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. And I would love for them to taste that. That would be mm-hmm. an excellent. And I'll be and honest, I don't care how many fucking I don't care how hot New York is, dude. I'm not gonna be afraid of playing that game. I'm gonna be like, no. we're about to smash this fucking team. Like we have beat them every which way. Like <laughs> they are I am not worried about losing to the New York Giants. I'm just not. They just don't have the guys. Like I'm. I don't care how good a game Isaiah Hodges just had. I'm not gonna fucking worry that Diggs can't cover up. Isaiah Hodges. Like, um, I did see some stat. The Giants are like six and zero or seven and zero against the number one seed in the playoffs all time. They so. either it's bizarre. They in the last like <laughs> thirty years they either lose first rounds. They've been to the playoffs like six times, and in four of those they lose first round. They they don't win any. But if they win once, they go all the way. So it's like they have two Super Bowl runs and four one and dones. Like they they yeah. never lose in the second round. They never go to the conference no, the, championship game and lose. They either like immediately get stomped out or they go all the way. It's very weird. I would yeah. So either way, it's win win. It's also lose lose because I hate both our division rivals. So whichever one, whichever one makes an NFC title game has that on us. If we don't also make an NFC title game, so. Um, you got to go win. Yep. Let's fucking do it, boys. Let's fucking do it. We'll be back next Tuesday. Anything else before we get out of here for the week? No, or, or to quote J. Ron Curse, nothing else need be fucking said. <laughs> All right. Well, as always, folks, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. If you'd like what you heard, please like, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a rating. Dude, it's it's postseason, baby. This is the best time to listen to the pod. You know, you you know you're you're coming out of a postseason win. You want to hear the breakdown. You can fire up boys will be boys. So we will be back. Uh, I'm gonna say it, dude. I'm gonna say we will be back next week to discuss the Cowboys' victory over the 49ers and our trip to the NFC Championship game for the first time since the motherfucking Clinton presidency. Uh, as always. I'm Andy Catelli. Benjamin Walker. Zachary Love. This has been Boys Will Be Boys. Go Cowboys. Buck San Fran. Take it easy. Mm-hmm.